Well, good morning. How about those knolls? Yeah, I'm sorry. I just had to say it. I had to say it. Oh, man. I, and I T-voted up going home to watch the second half. Heard it was a great game. Right? Yeah. Well, we are continuing our study in the book of Proverbs. May I get a better response there? Uh, yeah, all right. Uh, um, and we've been talking about pursuing wisdom and developing discipline and taking initiative. Last week, we talked about cultivating compassion. And uh, this week, we want to look at another theme that's kind of developed through the book of Proverbs. I mean, it's a powerful theme that runs through this book. And i kind of like to begin with this question. I'd like for you to, uh, uh, to tell me uh, who or what book in the Bible, where does this quote come from? Who's the author of this quote? Can we have that quote? Come on, you know? Who? That's right, Billy Joel, Joel chapter 6, verse 2. It was his sixth album, the second song was a big hit. It was called what? Honesty. And it was released in what year? No, 1979, the year of my birth. Makes me 35, speaking of honesty, all right? Now, let me ask you this. Do you agree with those lyrics? Look at those lyrics. Honesty, such a lonely word. Everyone is so untrue. Honesty is hardly ever heard, and mostly what I need. Now, you don't want me to sing it from you. Do you want people to be honest with you? Do you want your children to be honest with you? You know, when my kids were little, um, you know, real little, they soon learned that... I, I was more upset if they were to lie to me than, to, you know, than what they did. Their behavior didn't upset me and, or anger me as much as when I would catch them in a lie because I wanted my kids to speak truth. The number one value we want in our children is honesty. You can Google it. You don't believe me? You can Google it. Number one, honesty we want for our kids. Do you want your boss to be honest? Cosner and uh, Poisner, 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 Posner, there you go, I knew I had it wrong, uh, classic book called The Leadership Challenge, they found that the number one quality we want in our boss is honesty. We want a boss that's going to shoot us straight, tell us the truth. 83% of us in the United States rank honesty as the number one quality of a leader, the number one thing we want in a political leader. We don't always get it. The number one thing we want is, is honesty. I wasn't referring to anyone directly there, okay? Um, Ronald Reagan was respected and so popular as our president because of his honesty on both sides of the political fence. He's ranked up there with Abraham Lincoln. You remember Abraham Lincoln's nickname? They called him what? Honest Abe. That's right. Do you want your spouse to be honest with you? The truth is when you can't trust your spouse... You're in a very sick relationship. I'm sorry to have to say that. We all long, as Billy Joel's song says, we all long for honesty. But the sad truth is, often, we're not honest. I read a survey that said 91% of all Americans lie on a regular basis. So, how many of you kind of lie on a regular basis? Your church, let's be honest. How many of you lie on a regular basis? You know, 
You know, how can you trust a survey like that? You know, how can you trust the 9% that say they don't regularly lie? And then how can you trust the 91% that say they lie all the time, right? The point isn't the survey. The point is this. We all want honesty, but we're not honest. And we want our friends and our spouse and our children and our boss and our coworkers to be honest with us, but we're not always honest with them. And rather than saying we want them to do this and them to do that, let's put the focus on ourselves. And let's ask ourselves, how can we develop honesty in our lives? Proverbs 12, 22 says this, The Lord, what's the word? Hates lying lips, but those who speak the truth, underline that word, speak, or word, speak the truth. Those who speak the truth are His joy. God is truth. And God knows that our lives work a whole lot better when we're honest, when we speak the truth to each other. So the question before us this morning then is, how can I create more honesty in my life? Speak less, speak truth, and speak love. How can I create more honesty in my life? Number one, speak less. Always think before I Speak. Say it with me. Always think before I speak. The average man in America speaks enough words to fill up 66 books that are 800 pages long in a given year. The average man speaks 20,000 words a day. Now, some of you are thinking, man, you don't know my husband. I get five out of him. He just kind of grunts, you know. Um, but the average speaks 20,000 words a day. What, how many words a day do you think the average woman speaks? That's right, 30,000 words a day, 100 books a year that are, that are um, 100 books that are, are 800 pages or a year. Yeah, I got that right, all right. In other words, we're a nation of talkers. We love to talk. We like talk radio, we like talk shows, talk, 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 talk. Proverbs 13.3 says, keep what you know to yourself. Would you like to kind of put that on your bathroom mirror, you know, for your spouse to see that? Keep what you know to yourself, you know, and you will be safe. Talk too much and you're done for. Over and over again, Proverbs warns us about about speaking too much, warns us to speak less. Now, some of us, myself included, that just kind of love to talk, and in my relationship, I'm the one that probably speaks 30,000 words a day, and my wife speaks 20,000 words a day, and we're all different. Um, but uh, some of you, when I say, hey, you should talk less, those of you that really like to talk or those that talk a lot, you're probably thinking, well, well why should I talk less. Three reasons, right from Proverbs, why we should talk less. Number one is this, wise people speak less. Proverbs 10, 19 says, when words are many, sin is not absent. It's a great verse for a politician. When words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is what? Wise. Proverbs 15, 28, good people do what? They think before they answer. But the wicked speak evil without ever thinking. Proverbs 16, 23. Intelligent people do what? They think before they speak. What they say then is more persuasive. 
about 10 years ago, I read a great book, a great book by the uh, president. He was then the president of the University of, uh, of uh, Southern California. His name was Dr. Stephen Samples, and he wrote a book called The Contrarian Guide to Leadership. And in that book, he talked about the importance of learning to think gray. Now, for clarity's sake, he's, he's not talking about moral and biblical issues. He's not talking about black and white issues, but he's talking about preferences and opinions and the incredible value in learning to think gray. Let me quote Dr. Samples. He said, The essence of thinking gray is don't form an opinion about an important uh, matter or issue until you've heard all the relevant facts. Boy, when I read that, man, it kind of hit me right between the eyes. See, I kind of come from a family uh, that's so quick to form an opinion and share their opinion. I need to learn to think gray. I need to speak less. You need to speak less and gather all the facts before you form and express your opinion. You know, I used to think that a strong leader was decisive and quick when it comes to decision-making. And now I've realized as I studied and I've read the book of Proverbs that wise leaders, wise people, they think long and hard before they speak. Don't be so quick to air your opinion. Intelligent people think before they speak. What they say is then more persuasive. They think gray. They don't form an opinion until they, until they have to, until they gain all the facts. Causes them you know, not to miss the truth, not to be so close-minded. It's kind of what a, a judge does. You know, a good judge in a court of law, he hears both parties, he hears all the facts, he trains his mind to think gray, to not to form an opinion too quickly. So he can really see reality as it is. He can really see the truth. Contemplate before you communicate. Can you say it with me? Contemplate before you communicate. That's pretty simple. That's what Proverbs is saying. Hey, some of you just keep let, you just let it rip. I mean, it just comes. Someone says something and you got to share your opinion. Proverbs is saying, hey, listen, it's a wise thing to speak less. Contemplate. Think before you speak. Why should I speak less? Wise people speak less. Number two, I, don't have, to I have to live with the consequences of what I say. That's what Proverbs says. You will have to live with the consequences of everything you say. That's true. We do. You know, the elders do a, a yearly individual evaluation of, of my ministry as the lead pastor of Palm Beach Community Church. And they, and they kind of assess my strengths and my weaknesses. And they point out areas where they feel that I could do a better job. And, and one of the questions they answer every year is this question. What do you think will be the greatest hindrance to me having an extended ministry in this church? Great question. Basically saying, you know, uh, you know, what can I do that will keep me from getting fired, you know? And years ago, I'm not talking about anybody here today. This was over a decade ago, so don't try to figure out who said it. Years ago, and I greatly respect this person. I think they were right. They wrote down, what do you think that you, uh, would be the greatest hindrance to me having an extended ministry in this church? And they wrote down, speaking without thinking. 
Speaking without thinking could be the greatest hindrance to me having an extended ministry in this church. You see, I have to live with the consequences of what I say. I got to take what I say very, as very important. And you have to live with the consequences of what you say. Proverbs 13.3 says, He who guards his lips guards his life. But he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. Proverbs 20.25 says, Don't fall into the trap of making promises. Don't fall into that trap making promises to God before you think. The wisdom of Proverbs over and over again says, Listen, choose your words carefully. Think before you speak. Talk is not cheap. It can cost you your job. It can cost you a relationship. It can cost you your marriage. Talk isn't cheap. We all pay a consequence. Don't make a promise too quickly. Now, someone asked me, they said, Dr. Ray, do you know the seven most expensive words in the English language? And I said, no, I, I don't know the seven most expensive words in the English language. You know, what are the seven words, most expensive words? He said, well, you, you, you say them often. I, I, I do. I say them often. And they're the seven most expensive uh, words in the English language. He said, yes. I said, well, what are the seven most expensive words in the English language? He said, I now pronounce you husband and wife. <laughs> yeah, very expensive. And I said, you know what? I think you're right. You're on to something. Because it's always easier to get in than it is to get out. It's always easier to get into a marriage than it is to get out of a marriage. It's always easier to get into debt than it is to get out of debt. It's always easier to make a promise to our kids than it is to fulfill those promises. Or to make a promise to God than it is to fulfill that promise. It's always easier to get in than to get out. So speak less. Don't make a promise. Think before you speak. A third reason why I should talk less is I will lie less. Can you say that with me? I will lie less. Reality is we all, we all lie. We have this propensity to lie. We have this propensity to kind of exaggerate the truth, to kind of color the truth to our liking, to kind of make ourselves look good. You know, you can call it what you want, but it's, it's, it's kind of lying. It's deceiving. It's deception. It's lies. We're all liars. Can you say it with me? I am a liar. Some of you believe it. Some of you don't. All right. Let's say it together, can we? I am a liar. And the more you speak, the more you lie. The more you speak, the more you kind of shade the truth and twist the truth and turn the truth. And you tell white lies and gray lies and, and big old black lies. So Solomon says, speak less. Proverbs 10, 19. Don't talk too much, for it does what? It fosters sin. The less I talk, the less I sin. The less I talk, the less I'm going to say things that I'm going to regret later. The less I talk, the less I'm going to hurt someone's feelings. The wisdom of Proverbs tells us we don't have to participate in every conversation. We don't have to express our thought and, and express every thought that comes into our brain. Just because you think it doesn't mean you need to say it. We don't need to have an answer to everyone's problem. 
The wisdom of Proverbs says, speak less. Just, it's simple, but it's so true. Just speak less. And when you speak, speak truth. Speak truth. Always tell the truth. Proverbs 12, 2 says, the Lord, there's that word again, hates every liar. But he's a friend of all who can be trusted. God hates every liar, and we all just confess that we're liars. I mean, those are very strong words. Why is that? Why, why does God hate liars? Because the evil one, Satan himself, is the father of all lies. He's the father of deceit and deception. He deceived Eve in the garden, which led to the willful rebellion of Adam, which led to the fall of mankind. You see, dishonesty disrupts our relationship with God. And because God longs to be in relationship with you, what God wants the most is to be in a relationship with you. And because God longs that, God hates lying. Because lying disrupts our relationship with God. Proverbs 6, 6, 12 says, A person of no worth, a sinful man, is he who goes about telling lies. God always tells lies the truth. He's a truthful God, and He wants us to be truth-tellers. Dishonesty disrupts our relationship with God, and dishonesty destroys our relationship with each other. That's why God hates lying, because of the damage that it does in our lives, the damage that it does in our relationships, in our marriages, in our home. You see, trust is the glue that holds relationships together. And when you violate trust by lying... And when you violate trust by lying, you risk damaging and destroying your relationships. Proverbs 15.4 says, kind words are good medicine. But what kind of words? Deceitful words can really hurt. God said in Zechariah 8.16, here's what I want you to do. Tell the truth, the whole truth when you speak. Do I look thin and distressed, tell the truth, okay? Tell the, the whole truth. Now, we're going to tell, tell you how in a little while later here, all right? so be careful with that one. But, but tell the truth. Tell the whole truth when you speak. Proverbs 10.10, 10, someone who holds back the truth causes trouble. Dishonesty disrupts and destroys our relationships. So, so let me ask you, man, do you want great relationships? I mean, don't you want great relationships? If you want great relationships, number one, speak less. Number two, when you speak, speak truthfully. And number three, please don't forget this one, speak love. Whenever you speak truth, you always do it in, around, and with love. Speak love. Always tell the truth with love. Why? Three reasons. Number one, love heals. Love heals. Proverbs 24, 26 says, an honest answer is the sign of a true friendship. Honesty is a sign of a true friendship. So you don't lie to the people you love. You level with them. And in doing so, you help heal the relationship. Now let me be clear. When you speak truth, it will almost always result in conflict. 
That's the nature of truth. Truth brings conflict. They go together. Truth is reality as it is. And when people see reality as it is and their reality is different, guess what? You have conflict. Conflict comes with truth and truth comes with conflict. There is no intimacy without truth. If you want intimacy, you must have truth. Truth leads to intimacy. Truth leads to trust. And there's no truth without conflict. You see, we avoid conflict. We avoid the truth. But then we live in pseudo-community. We don't have healthy, wholesome relationships like God wants. Love heals. Love speaks the truth. Works through the conflict. Rather than backing off and avoiding the issue, love heals. Love goes through the tunnel of conflict to experience true healing. Proverbs 28, 23 says, In the end, people appreciate. What do they appreciate? Frankness more than flattery. Man, I know that's so true in my life. I love that verse. You know, as a lead pastor, sometimes you know, you're up in that corner office. And man, and I, want, I need to know reality as it is. You can't lead well if you don't know truth, if you don't know reality as it is. I don't want someone to flatter me. I, I want reality. I want truth. We want truth. Truth. Proverbs 12, 18. Thoughtless words can wound as deeply as any sword, but wisely spoken words can what? Heal. Wisely spoken words can heal. Wisely spoken words with love can heal any relationship. But you got to be willing to go through the tunnel of conflict. So love heals, love encourages. Number two, Proverbs 12, 25 says, worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. Love encourages. Proverbs 15, 4, gentle words bring what? Life. Isn't that true? Gentle words bring life and health. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 so speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so you'll all be together in this. Man, love heals and love encourages and love cares. Love is always telling the truth because love genuinely cares for the other person. See, it's not about you. It's not about what you think. It's not about your preference. It's not about your opinion. It's about really loving and caring for the other individual, the other person. And I think we're all guilty of times of kind of holding back the truth. We're, we're afraid of someone's reaction. We're afraid that the truth might cost us something, so we continue to live in pseudo-community. We're not honest. We're not truthful. We're not real. We kind of want to keep peace at all costs. We don't want to rock the boat or make waves. So we live the life of a coward. And we choose to be nice rather than kind. It's not nice to tell someone they have bad breath when they have bad breath. But it is the what? Kind thing to do. If you really care about them, you tell them. But you do it with gentleness and with kindness. Solomon, with all his wisdom, never tells us to be nice. 
Jesus, with all his wisdom and truth, he never tells us to be nice Christians. He tells us to be kind. He challenges us to be kind, to care enough to confront. Look at this verse, Proverbs 3, 3. My favorite verse, if you want to put a verse to memory, a memory verse would be Proverbs 3, 3. It said, he, uh, Solomon says, don't let, what's the word? Kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. In other words, wherever you go, you should always go with those two things, kindness and truth. Bind them. Solomon is saying, listen, don't shrink back from telling your spouse the truth, but always do it with kindness. Don't shrink back from sharing the truth with your friends, with your kids, with your customer, with your fellow worker, with your boss. But, 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 always do it with kindness. And you do it with kindness because you really care. You're not confronting someone because you think you know it all and have all the answers. It's because you really care about the relationship. Ephesians 4.15 puts it this way. Love should always make us tell the truth. If we really love someone, we're going to level with them. If you truly love and care for people, you'll be honest with them. Solomon's saying in Proverbs 3.3 that it should be a, a necklace, it says here. It says, bind them around your neck. It should be a necklace that you wear. The necklace of, of kindness and the necklace of truth. The necklace of truth is blue, like the sky. It's pure. It's true. You need to always wear the necklace of, of truth. And then you need to wear the necklace of what? Kindness. And kindness is yellow. Like the sun is yellow, it speaks of warmth, um, speaks of the warmth of kindness. So Solomon says, hey, listen, when you go out, you always need to wear both these. You always need to have on truth and kindness. Now, what happens when you go out and all you're wearing is the necklace of truth? You're not wearing the necklace of love. You're not wearing the necklace of kindness or forgiveness. What happens when you go out and all you wear is the necklace of of truth. What do you do? You go out and you try to do what? That's right. You try to fix people, right? Because you got the truth. I mean, you got the truth, and so you're always judging people, right? You're always right, and they're always wrong, and you become dogmatic and self-righteous, and you think you've got all the answers, and what do you do to other people? You do what? You hurt them. You brutalize other people with your words. Because all you've got on is the necklace of truth. And what do you ultimately do to yourself while you're wearing this necklace of truth? What do you do to yourself? You ultimately do what? You isolate yourself. You know, you, 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 you're, 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 yeah, get it out, Raymond. Your words, your judgmental, self-righteous, arrogant, egotistical attitude builds walls. And you don't experience true community. You're on an island of loneliness because all you're wearing is this necklace of truth. And unfortunately, sometimes the, the church of Jesus Christ can be guilty of this.